We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Here we go. My last hour on the fan tonight, early morning Friday, but I'll be right back at 7 o'clock. We've got a five-hour show, 7 to 12. We'll continue the fun and the conversation and the sports talking. Keep McPherson on the fan, 877-337-6666. In here watching Yankees Hot Stove, Bob Lorenz, Jack Curry, Michael K. yucking it up. Now, I did not hear the Michael K sound, uh, the clip, the, the show. Any, I didn't hear it, so I can't really speak on it. I read the article from Barrett Sports Media, and I heard Gio speak on it. I heard Craig speak on it, kind of joking about it. And I don't know. Don't really have an opinion on that. If he said it was performative, if he said it was, you know, we just got to take his word for it. Um, but what I will say is Michael K has been – kind to me. He's always been decent to me. When I have run into him, he has gone out of his way to say hello the first time and then the second time I ran into him he was kind of short with me because somebody was talking his ear off and he went out of his way to message me to say, hey Keith, I saw you. Uh, Would have loved to you know, chop it up with you, but that guy was talking my ear off. And I was like, hey Kester, no problem. <laughs> it's all good, bro. Don't, don't worry about little old me. You're the man. You're the man. And uh, it's interesting how people are uh, attacking the caster and his ratings. And I think it's based in, you know, this producer that they say isn't making a lot of money and he threatened or whatever. I just think people blow things out of proportion. I think uh, Michael K is a decent guy. I don't think he's trying to get anybody fired. And I think it probably is performance. It is for radio. You know, the, there is something going on in radio and uh, even in social media. Um we watched reality TV years ago, and it was, like, groundbreaking. Like, are these real people? It was still produced. It was just unscripted. And I think we're getting a lot of reality through social media, but a lot of that is fake reality. A lot of that is uh, made to look like something it's not. And, you know, even speaking about the OBJ story, we all watch a video and interpret it how we interpret it, not actually being there. We draw our own conclusions, and we move on like that is that but it's interesting in radio how you know reality radio hits like you know sharing your real life and your real story and being real and transparent and not really having a shtick or not really having theater or uh performance art or like you know uh behind the curtain like because i don't do that i'm i've come in the same way i've come in to the internet and podcasts sharing my story, being myself, being real. I'm not putting on. Obviously, sometimes you play into something. You know, obviously, you 
have things that you lean into a little bit more. But for the most part, this is reality radio. You know, I ain't told you nan lie. Why would I make anything up? This is real. And uh, there is a, a interesting shift, I think, going into more like just reality. People want to hear real things. They want to hear real people. And, uh, you know, I, I, I appreciate Sal so much. Sal's a little bit older than me. But if you heard me last night, you know, I, I made sure to get on this mic and put respect on Sal's name. Because I heard some people disrespecting Sal, and I, it rubbed me the wrong way. And uh, the contrast between my show and then when you listen to Sal is that, like, we're just talking. Like, this is what I sound like when you see me at Barclays Center, Yankee Stadium. Um, this is what I've done my whole life, uh, meeting up with friends that are fans and, you know, talking sports. Um, I don't approach it with a professional broadcaster, play it even, be neutral I just, I never did. And I think with the new media and the fan-made media, we're seeing more of that in every platform, in every medium, and uh, definitely hitting radio. So it, it's just interesting where we are in 2023 with social media, and uh, people want to see real things and hear from real people and relate to real people. And, you know, shtick or performance art, I don't know, you got to be careful with that. The case there, I, I'm looking forward to talking to him um, when we get back to the stadium because the WFAN booth is like two booths down from yes network it's right next to it really and uh like i said caster's always been solid i met caster in hoboken at house of q when they did a live the michael k show years ago i think it was 2019 and uh he even then he was cool and he was solid and and uh, he followed me on on twitter i remember he gave me a shout out when he missed time he had his like throat surgery and he missed time and I said, I'm like, things just not the same with without Mike. Like, things are not the same without Michael K. And I'm like, I miss Michael K calling Yankees games. They had a bunch of people filling in for him. And he replied back. He's like, miss you too, Keith. And we hadn't even really, like, we didn't even have a relationship yet. So Michael K is all right with me. Uh, I don't want to see anybody get fired. I don't want to see anybody be put down. And uh, I don't do any performative shtick or theater. I, I, I don't do any of that. You're, you're hearing my real thoughts and takes, my real stories, experience, and uh, whatever knowledge I have on sports and whatever I can look up, you know, on the internet as we go through things. When, you know, that's that's another big part of my show and how I present myself. I tell you, I don't know everything. I tell you straight up, like, if I don't know something, like, that's another thing. I, I turned 34 last year. Like, I'm not old enough to know everything. You know, like I'm not, I haven't lived enough yet. I haven't experienced enough yet. There's things that happened before me that, you know, older listeners know for sure. I don't know them. I was talking to Evan today in uh, Barclays Center about the 2000 World Series. And I'm like, Evan, you remember that more than me. He asked me, like, do you remember? I'm like, I, I remember it more so off of like documentaries and YouTube. I, I know I watched it in my mom's apartment as a, as a, a young kid, he's like, how old were you? I'm like, I think I was in the sixth grade. I think I was 12. <laughs> so Evan is, what is Evan, 39? Evan is five years older than me. So yeah, a 12-year-old watching that versus a 17-year-old watching that, you you retain that more. So I don't know how we even ended up talking about the 2000 <laughs> World Series at the, uh, the, the, the Nets-Celtics game, but... Yeah, you can't know it all. Young people cannot know it all. And Evan knows a great deal, and he doesn't know it all. And Sal knows so much. You know, I gave Sal props last night. I'm like, Sal can talk about every sport. 
and he can play it straight down the middle where you don't know his fandom. I can't do that. You know, I came in talking about uh, how I didn't watch hockey. I didn't I didn't have an allegiance. I didn't even have a team. We're coming up on a, a year since I chose the Devils. I'm glad I did. You know, they are having a pretty good season this year. But I almost went Rangers because when I was watching hockey in the early 90s, the Rangers had won, and I had friends that were Rangers fans. I remember I did have a, a Mark Messier T-shirt back then, and I did have some trading cards, and, you know, I had uh, Brian Leach and... I almost was a Rangers fan. I want to pull up some clips from Keandre Miller. I sent them to Fleegs. Uh, we got to give Fleegs some time to pull it up, but I feel like tonight is a night. Okay, Fleegs got it. Tonight is a night where we do have to mix in some Rangers talk. I understand hockey is not, you know, we got the playoffs and hockey is not in front of mine, but, you know, I just looked at a couple articles and read about this game and Keandre Miller obviously, um, made that goal to send it to OT to tie it up, and then Adam Fox won it. But what he spoke about, I want you guys to hear if you didn't watch the postgame and you didn't um, catch his words. So, Fleegs, which, whichever one you want up first, he, he speaks about his mother, and he also speaks about Rangers fans. So, so let's go with, let's go, let's go with mom first. That, that's always good. Let's go, let's go with, with uh, him mentioning his mom and the motivation that she provided for him. I don't. I don't remember. Honestly, it was. It was kind of a, kind of a uh, world of emotions. Um, uh, yeah, my mom texted me today. And, um, she was giving me uh, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, motivation. And, uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's pretty easy um, for myself to. Uh, focus up for these types of games when I have uh, support like that from her. So, yeah, they asked him about his emotions. Like, what, you know, Keandre Miller was asked about the emotions he felt after he got his goal tonight. And he's he's just like, I don't know. He probably, he probably was blacked out in that, that moment. Uh, he's like, I honestly don't remember. But as he's trying to think about it, he's just thinking about his mom and the motivation that his mom was giving him via text. Thanks, mom. Sometimes that's all it, that's all it takes. The person that raised you, the person that brought you up, the person that believed in you first and always believes in you, you know, the whole world could doubt you. But if that person sends you a little text or a little message to say, hey, you're the man, you got to go out there and be you, that carries over. And it did tonight. He's He's been hot. He's been doing his thing lately. So uh, kudos to the Rangers fans as well, home ice advantage, and showing up to the garden and rocking. And the momentum swing is something that he also talked about. Let's see if we can pull up the second clip uh, where he speaks about Rangers fans and then like going into overtime. How did that help shift the momentum just heading right into the overtime right after that? Um, I mean, like it was a huge boost of momentum, energy, whatever you want to call it. Um, when the garden gets going like that, it's it's pretty scary. I wouldn't want to be on there, uh, on the other bench there. Um, I don't think it's going like I said. It's wild. It's it's noisy. It's it's a fun atmosphere to play in. So um, it's uh, it's pretty easy to get up and uh, get going for that overtime period with a crowd like that behind you. Did you. That's a badge of honor. That's what fans love to hear. You pay all that money to go to the game. You get all fired up to go to the game. You wear your blue shirts. You go in there and watch the game, and it comes down to the end of the game, and you impact the game. And the player that sent it to overtime is saying, hey, <laughs> felt it. 
I wouldn't want to play against us and our fans in there. That's dope. I think that's awesome. I, I, I love hearing players give credit to the fans because fans do affect the game. And when I hear people say things that, oh, it's not about the fans or, you know, they don't play for the fans, that's what this whole thing is about. I mean, this radio station is called The Fan. We're all fans of something. But that's what sports are about. They play for the fans. The fans put the money into the organization. That's why I laugh when people say stuff about, like, it's not your money. Well, it kind of is. I remember before I even, you know, got into media, someone saying about, oh, it's not your money with the Yankees. I'm like, bro, if I actually broke down to you how much money I've spent at Yankees, I can't. I have to go back to statements. I'd forget about cash I've taken out. Like, there there are games where I've... Spent hundreds of dollars at Yankee Stadium, drinking, eating, going to the bar before, going to the bar after. And I know the, the bar money doesn't go into the Yankees. But you go in there and you buy a jersey, a hat. You go in there, you buy water, popcorn, uh, garlic fries, a little Bell's sandwich, a couple beers. Uh, you pay for parking. You pay for your ticket. Like, they're racking up that money. So I feel like as a fan, you should feel a little bit entitled. You feel a little bit like you put in. You contributed to whatever they do, you know. Aaron Judge, they had that extra $40 million for Aaron Judge because they made an extra $40 million the last homestand with all of those people showing up trying to catch 61, 60. It was really 60 and then 61, hoping for 62. So, yeah, kudos to the Rangers fans. I wanted to cook something up like that for you guys. Uh, just stuff I was seeing online with that game. Uh, you made the difference. All right, now let's see how many calls I can take before we finish. Let's go... Uh, to the other team that plays in Madison Square Garden, there's a few calls for the Knicks. Flip is in Holbrook on the fan. What's up, Flip? Keith McPherson. How are you, man? That's me. I'm great. Feeling good. I just got to give you some, a quick shout-out and some props, man. Uh, I know you're – I think you're new to the fan. I used to listen a lot, but uh, there's never – you know, never a time I listen to where you're right on point, man. Your knowledge of sports, your passion for sports is something that – uh I personally appreciate, and I hope your fan your fan base does too, man. I don't know if I have a fan base yet. I'm 13 months in, but I appreciate the compliments and the support always. I'm Bro, I'm you, still navigating and learning and and trying to be good at this, you know. Well, maybe a podcast is in order, but your knowledge you're right there, man. You know, uh, I know you mentioned hockey. You don't talk a lot about hockey, but uh, I'm learning. I'm paying attention, yeah. and give yeah. me another year or so, and it'll be like you know I've been watching my entire life. No, man, you're good. You're easy to listen to, and I'm not. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't mean to give you props. It's just, you know. I uh, know no, you can give good. me. You can give me props, and and you're and good man. You know you're that. Well, the all, every host will take props versus disrespect. You know, uh, Sal had somebody tell him to shut up and called him a mush the other night. I had somebody call today and call me a jackass. It's like we don't we, like. You can disagree with us without the name calling like. <laughs> so when the when the compliments and the positive energy comes through, I don't mean to turn it away. Thank you. Nah, man, you could feel it, hear it in your voice, and but more importantly, it's uh, it's backed by it's it's knowledge. It's not just hearsay. It's just tell you say it what say it how it is. But more importantly, it's uh, you could tell you know what you're talking about. Put it that way. But anyway, enough about uh, you know sucking up to you. But I do appreciate you uh, taking my call. Uh, Wow, you talked about so much in the last hour while I've been waiting, so there's so many different comments. But I called about the Knicks, so I guess I'll ask you. I mean, if you can go back and package up uh, R.J. Barrett, which me personally, I'm not big on R.J. Barrett. I don't know why they gave him all that money. But if you could 
do what you had to do, and maybe it's just Barrett and maybe picks, but would you have Mitchell on this team? Absolutely, bro. I so I'm saying. I thought it was a done deal. I didn't there was there was a point where they said there was no other team. You remember that? There there was a point in the whole Mitchell saga where there was no one else bidding. The 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 Cleveland Cavaliers swooped in. They came out of nowhere. It was the Knicks deal to not let go through and they didn't let it go through. I think Danny Ainge obviously had a a, a ransom, a high price tag. But at the same time, this is a guy from here. Like you know how much money just like all right he had 41 the other night. He had 71 last week. But just the the marketability of a hometown guy coming back here. They tried it with Kemba, but Donovan Mitchell is in his prime. Kemba is they, washed. How do they not? How do they not get him in a league like you know the NBA? I could hear. You, I know you know the NBA. Like to have yeah, a guy that you have so many games. You every need every night. Come I I, on, I honestly thought okay, so they signed Brunson for four years, a hundred million, and. Some people were saying they overpaid him. Some people were, were saying they overpaid him because he, he wasn't an all-star and he wasn't this guy. But I'm like, if you watched him play in college, he's a winner. He's a national exactly. championship uh, guy. He's I think he's got two national championships. And he's also a Jersey guy. And I'd heard of him coming out of high Like, people had known that he was the guy. And then when you saw him with Luka, and you even saw him without Luka, no. had 41 in a playoff game, it's like, okay, that is... Not a regular dude. Like, that is no a dude that, that gets a max contract in the NBA. If they would have paired him with Donovan Mitchell, Thank you. it would look yes. a lot different now when, like, okay, RJ comes back, he has 27. Julius tries to pick up the slack. Like, they're trying. It is effortless for Don- Donovan Mitchell to get buckets. Mm-hmm. It's effortless for him to score. So it would have been a pick-your-poison combination with Jalen Brunson and Donovan Mitchell where looking at the landscape in the East, the the Knicks are in the middle of it right now, but they might be in the in the in the top three or four with those guys. Where like right away you you you're competitive. Right away you make yourself a contender, and that's what you need in the NBA. You need two stars. The Nets right now, they're they didn't they didn't win tonight, but this was the first game without Katie and Kyrie. I don't know if they would have won with Katie and Kyrie, but they played against a team that has two bona fide stars in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. They rested Jalen Brown coming off of 41 points last night because they knew they could beat the Nets without him because they have a full team and they have one star in Jason Tatum and then guys like Marcus Smart, who's defensive player of the year in his own right. Like, star power drives the league. There's only five guys on the floor. You need to have two, maybe three stars. For a while, it was big threes and not duos, but now it's kind of back to duos. James Harden, Joel Embiid, uh, Jokic, and Murray. And like you know, Jokic and and the I, the Nuggets, they're gonna be they're they're kind of scaring team, me. They've got so Michael Porter I, Jr. I mean, do you think they're a sleeper? Like, if no, you had to put a they're not a sleeper. Bet, right? They're not a sleeper. I think people are sleeping right on now. them. If you had to put a future bet right now, first I want to just echo your point about just especially the playoffs. You have a guy like Branson and Mitchell that you could just put the ball ball in their hands. Run, run things through them possession by possession in the fourth quarter. You're gonna have a good shot, you know. But would you put a future bet on the on the Nuggets if there was one team you put a future bet right now? Yeah, they they have the back to back to win the championship. They have the back to back MVP in Nikola Jokic, and now he finally has the healthy pieces around him. In the years past, right? Let's go back to the bubble year. The bubble year, the Nuggets were putting on, and people were looking at Jamal Murray, and they were like, okay. uh, 
this guy's got something. And then obviously you, you already knew about the Joker, but now they've got the Joker, they've got Murray, they've got Michael Porter, and they've got that other dude, Highland. Uh, I was looking at him the other yeah, night. Yeah, young kid, young kid. So, and, like, they, and then I forgot they've got Bruce the Brown name, from the Nets running around. But Caldwell Pope is a sleeper on that team. They've, he doesn't I, miss. I'm getting there. Contavious he, Caldwell Pope. He doesn't miss. Uh, he old man Jeff Green still dunking on people. Aaron Gordon. How how come I didn't say Aaron Gordon's name yet? Aaron Gordon is the X factor that they picked up on that team. Playing playing the best basketball of it. Like he was always a little bit. You know, I know you watched the NBA. He was always a little bit of a not a head case, but he didn't find his game. But now he really fat like. He plays a, a like you know what you're getting from him. He's solid. He's real solid, and he's got size. He's got a good basketball IQ. He can jump out of the gym. Uh, he plays a good. I mean, he he plays a good twenty twenty five minutes for them a night. He's solid for them. They you know I'm I'm happy he got out of Orlando. Uh, Nets fans were looking at him. So yeah, I would put a future bet on the Nuggets to win the finals. But you know, talking about the Knicks, they're going to be in the mix. But I just think it's a huge miss that you had a guy literally doing yeah, a, a homecoming tour this summer. He's showing up at City Field. He's throwing out the first pitch at the Brooklyn Cyclones game. He's tweeting. He's he always is tweeting about the Mets. He's that, he's a Mets that fan. Them back, East, man, that set them back. You you have a guy. Listen, they ha- and they had enough young guys on their roster that could have developed. It made no sense. It, that, and I don't know what the they were doing the in the draft. Year. What was the draft strategy? Like what? What was the draft strategy if you weren't going to trade those picks and R.J. Barrett and whoever else they wanted to get Donovan Mitchell? It just—it seems like they did not know exactly what they wanted to do, and they got to like the finish line with Danny Ainge, where Danny Ainge said, "All right, now we want this," and then they tried to play hardball and, and take something off the table. Where Danny Ainge was like, "Nah, we're not I mean, doing that." Do you remember? Do you remember if Randall was going to stay with them? Right? They could have put enough picks. Packaged together players they had, just Barrett, and they could have got Mitchell. Is that correct? And no, I think I think Barrett too? was the thing that I don't think Randall was was in it. Maybe could have, but I think it was all based off of ca- RJ. Barrett, they right? didn't want to. They didn't want to move RJ. RJ was a deal breaker, from what I understood, and I, I think know, that man. was because they had that number three overall pick that they used on him, and they just you know they want to re-sign a guy they they use that much capital on. And I think they believe that he'll be an all-star. I said going into this year, in that draft, it was Zion, it was John Morant, it was RJ. RJ's got to become an all-star. He's got to take a step forward. Obviously, he was hurt, but maybe he just isn't that guy yet. He he has grown up some. He can I, I score. Agree. I was about to say that. He he actually is playing. He, he's actually playing very good, playing much better than I thought, developed much more than I thought, but... When you say we could have Mitchell on our team, it doesn't matter how much that guy grows. He's never going to be a Mitchell. Uh, but he has played better. He has played better. He's a lot big reason why they're yeah, you know, so now, playing well. But. You know, as much as people want to get at Tom Thibodeau, his job would be a lot easier with Jalen Brunson and Donovan Mitchell. Absolutely. But you, you got who you got. And honestly, I, I think I came in today and I said the Knicks have won five out of their last six. And it looked like they were going to give it away to the Pacers. They held. And that's what they have to do. And late in games, and that's another reason why you need a Donovan Mitchell. Because late in the game, when you can't figure out who's going to shoot and you can't figure out who's going to make a play, they naturally just do that. They rise to the occasion. It seems like Jalen Brunson is the only guy rising at the end of the games. The rest of the guys are folding, and he's rising because he knows it's winning time. 
he said something the other day that stuck with me. He's like, I got to treat like every possession like it's critical, like it's life or death. And it's like, that's how this guy comes up with the ball and he's taking care of the ball. And you got this stretch here where you'll face the Wizards, the Pistons, the Raptors, the Wizards again, the Hawks, the Raptors. Like they can keep winning. Yeah, and yeah. raise their raise their rank. So I don't know. I think it's all right for the Knicks, but it's tough for Knicks fans looking at Donovan Mitchell. He's going to have plenty more games where he drops 40, uh, 50. The 71 was ridiculous. No one talked about it because it was the night DeMar Hamlin um, got hurt. But, yeah, that was a huge miss in my, in my estimation. Everyone thought yeah. that he was a Nick, and he clearly wanted to come home. And I think they had the assets to do it because that was the only team that Danny Ainge was talking to. But then some, they got cold feet at the end, and I don't understand that. In the end, it's about a championship, right? I mean, I guess that's all I it's about. It's not about. Oh, uh, no okay. Well, we'll pay. You know, we'll we'll pivot here and pay RJ instead of trading RJ and picks and everything else they add added and putting Donovan Mitchell here. If Donovan Mitchell is here and he's dropping forty in the garden, fifty in the garden, oh, nobody's going to be checking for RJ in Utah. Couldn't agree more. Uh, I know I've taken a lot of your time. Can I just mention, you mentioned something about Zach Wilson. I want to I just give you my quick opinion and tell me if you think there's anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere near true, and it's pretty sad opinion. In my, 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 it's pretty sad what I'm going to say, but I actually think the Jets were thinking this. You know, I'm with you 100%. I think probably 90, 90% of Jets fans would be with you. You know, the Wilson pick – no idea where it came from. Like you said, not playing in a better division. Uh, yeah, had a lot of arm strength, but a lot of his a lot of his success out of BYU came out of, with his legs, which we haven't seen that. That's just another point in regards to the offense. But to me, it was the Jets were at a point where you had a pretty face, the face of the team, a quarterback, and I think they just went with a pretty face. I think that so any, too. Anywhere near accurate? I think that was part of it too. I think they saw this. <laughs> This kid, when, when I saw him, like, he looks like he's 13. But they yeah. saw this kid, he just looked like a quarterback, right? He looks like a, like a quarterback out of high school musical or something. And they, they had hoped that he was ready. They had hoped that he was coming in and going to just light it up. But that's not the case. He played three years at BYU. And, uh, I mean, I don't know how much of a runner he was, but, like, that hasn't translated to the NFL. And you got to look at who he's playing against. And uh, I don't know, they that, they completely missed on that. And, and it's just sad that, like, here we are. We talk about Zach Wilson so much, and nobody knows what he's going to be. And there's, like, this cloud over the Jets of, like, you know, we're going to we're gonna see it through with this guy. Why? Is that pride? And, and not admitting that, like, in two years? Like, the, the, the saying in the NFL is, if he doesn't look like an NFL quarterback, if he doesn't look like the guy in year two, you can probably bet that he's not the guy. All of the guys by by year two, they take that step. They look like NFL quarterbacks. Zach Wilson regressed. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And I mean, listen, let's face it. And quarterback in the NFL is probably the hardest position, probably in the world in sports, right? I mean, I get it, but you think any way that any possible? And I know you didn't mention this earlier, but no way they get Jackson. Any possible way? I and think, do you think so. That's a good fit for them. Lamar Jackson doesn't want to be there, and we he have no idea okay. what's going to happen with okay. him and the Ravens. He represents himself. It's not like he's represented by a big agency that's going to come in and just get it done. Like I think that I, I think that. that whole relationship has been fractured. And then after okay. the Ravens lose, I think the fans might turn on him some. 
believe okay. it or not. I think there's fans already that don't think that he's hurt, that think he's just holding out because of money, and he wants his guaranteed money, and he hasn't got it yet. So then he might want to go elsewhere. I don't know. Maybe he's got a friend on, on the Jets. Maybe there's one guy over there that's been hitting him up, telling him, hey, bro, we could really use you. I got to think about that. I got to look at the Jets roster, see if there's any Louisville connection or anyone that was on the Ravens or I don't know. I would he's love to see him. He's a stand-up he guy, though. He's a good guy. He does a lot of stuff in the community for kids. He's never been in any trouble. And he's a freak athlete. He can run. He can throw. He's instant offense. And I was going through it the other night. I'm like, look at Mark Andrews. You set him up with Conklin, Uzama, Ruckert. He can get the ball to the tight end. Uh, if you set him up with, with Garrett Wilson, all he's got to do is throw Garrett Wilson a little smoke screen, a little five-yard slant. And then, yeah, once in a while, if, if Garrett Wilson is running downfield, they roll him out. He can he can hit the long ball, too. We've seen him throw to Hollywood Brown. Like, I, I, I don't know. I think I'd be trying to get Lamar Jackson. And if they do get Lamar Jackson, I'm going to get that Jets jersey ASAP. Now, do you think with that defense, the way this team is, is uh is structured and, and the way this team is uh built do you think jackson uh and i'm just throwing this i don't even think i think aaron Rodgers stays where he's at but it's jackson rogers who's the other possible oh, uh car baker mayfield them, matt a, ryan well no besides them is is he the ideal guy right now that the jets would want i don't know i don't know who the jets view as ideal they viewed Zach Wilson as an ideal pick at number two in a stacked draft class. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> good point. Uh, yeah, Thanks good for the stuff, call, man. Flip. Appreciate good it, bro. Thank good stuff. Much. Pleasure speaking with you. I'm going to try and call whenever I can, man. I listen all the time. It's always between. I know you got a lot of gap calls between the you know when the Nets go on. Uh, always listen during that hour. But always a pleasure. I appreciate you talk, taking my call, and it was great speaking to you, man. Thanks again, and I appreciate the compliments, Flip. Let's keep moving, though. Um, do I have to break here, or we got to break in, like, we might as well break here. We're uh, at the halfway mark of the hour. Keith McPherson on the fan. I would tell you to call, but I don't know. Call. You might be able to get in. Let's take this break now so we can get back to the phones. I do like, I would like to hear from Rangers fans. I, I would like to talk about the Garden and how the Rangers game went, but I understand if that's not top of top of mind. I think on the phone we have Jets, Giants, Knicks, Yankees, so we'll hit that when we come back right after this. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. The New York Mets, for the first time in 15 years, 
are champions of the National League. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Oh, yeah. On a late night, genuine, on the fan. <laughs> I used to say this was the Gallagher's 3000 music. <laughs> but they voted me number two cleanest host on the fan, so we won't go down that route. <laughs> but whenever I hear them play Pony on the fan, I think about when I was a kid. That song came out, I think I was like eight years old, and I didn't really understand it. But then as I grew to understand what he was talking about, I'm like, Hey, that's inappropriate. <laughs> and we'll play that. That'll come on at like 10.30 in the morning on Tiki and Tierney. <laughs> I don't know if y'all know that song. Of course you know that song. That's Genuine's biggest song. Good beat, but um, subject matter, not appropriate. This is a children's program. I've got 13-year-olds staying up to listen to this right now. They don't know about Gallagher's 2000 or... Any ponies that Genuine was talking about. Keep McPherson on the fan. Uh, let's take the rest of these calls. Now, a couple things that I, I wanted to clear up, and I feel like this happens a lot on the air, and, and as hosts, we have our own agenda, and we kind of move on. But, like, callers will say something, and we won't clear it up. So, you know, just like the caller that called and said that Odell was, uh, you know, um, getting at that guy, and he brought race into it and called him a white guy. He didn't say – he didn't even use the word white. There, he roasted him. He called him fat. He degraded him. But it was never any like racial tone. I think the racial tone came from the white guy to Odell, and that's why he got up out of his seat like that. He clearly was offended. And if like, you literally go to my Twitter, I retweeted it. I I've never met Odell Beckham. We do have a couple friends in common, but um, he replied to my tweet when I asked. I said, "What did Buddy say to make you respond like that?" And he said, "He said everything but the N word." So that's basically telling you. He disrespected me and talked down on me and basically, you know, didn't go all the way there, but, you know, it had that type of undertone. So I wanted to clear that up. I went back and listened to the video. Odell Beckham Jr. did not say anything about, like, I, I wouldn't get off this plane for this white man. But, like, that's the thing. That's why I said go listen to the video. Go watch the video. Watch it more than once. Look at all of the humans there and try and put yourself on that plane and think about what went on. And come to your own conclusion. We all have our opinions and thoughts on it. Um, I thought it was kind of unfair how, you know, people attacked him. And uh, he was attacked today on WFAN. And I was like, well, I'm going to speak on it. I spoke on it online. I'll definitely speak on it from my perspective on my show. And it is important to have diversity in thought. It is important to have diversity. But it's important to have diversity in opinions and have open conversations and not be afraid to uh, have those conversations. Now, Sports-related, I was just talking to Flip, and I think he said something about Zach Wilson and his legs, and that was like something that got him through college, and I don't remember ever seeing that. I watched one game of Zach Wilson against Coastal Carolina, and he struggled, uh, but I just went back to his 2020 game logs, and there wasn't one game where he rushed for more than 50 yards. He had 55 yards in one game. He did have a game where he had three rushing touchdowns, which... He had 43 yards, so it was probably a couple of like sneaks into the end zone. But Zach Wilson was never a running quarterback. Uh, he never was a running quarterback. I don't think there was ever a time that people looked at him as, okay, he's going to come in this league and run. Mobile quarterback, yes. Being able to elude 
Yes. Being able to get outside of the pocket. Yes. And I think that got him in trouble. We saw him come into the league and try and improvise a little bit too much. But yeah, looking at the game logs, it, there was never a game uh, in the, his final season, season, his junior season, where he torched anyone on the ground. When you when you're a running quarterback, you got to at least rush for a hundred. You saw Justin Fields rush for 172 yards. That's a, a threat on the ground. Zach Wilson. The thing that got everyone excited about Zach Wilson was that he could flick that ball down the field 60 yards, going to his left, you know. And, and hit a receiver on, on the money. He can still do that, but they got to draw up plays for that, and that's got to be a play that they don't use all the time. That's a play that you draw up, and like you saw C.J. Uzama caught that touchdown. It kind of caught the uh, Lions off guard. Now, um, something else I wanted to speak on was the new playoff format, but I don't have too much time, and I know Evan went over it, and I think I'll table that for, the, for the, um, not tomorrow, later tonight at 7 when I'm on. Um, because you can count on two things, in my opinion, going into this playoffs. You can count on the NFL being super bogus because they're always bogus, and specifically with the with the officiating, you're going. There's going to be a pass interference. There's going to be an incomplete pass. There's going to be a roughing the passer. There's going to be something stupid that we all watch and we all see is going to be called incorrectly, and we'll just have to move on from it. That's one thing guaranteed. The other thing I feel like through these playoffs, it's guaranteed. Overtime is going to happen. One of the games, at least, is going to go into overtime, and we're going to see these new overtime rules go into effect. Short story with the overtime rules. You guys all remember Kansas City, Buffalo, and Josh Allen not even getting to touch the ball. You know, a duel where these guys are moving down the field, and it's like a coin toss is what can decide it because they they change the rules from, obviously, sudden death OT where a field goal could end it. They changed the rules where you couldn't win on a field goal, but you could win on a touchdown. So if you win the coin toss, all right, heads, we win. We'll defend the north goal. We want the ball. You take the ball down and score, the other team doesn't touch the rock, game over. Honestly, that's not football. That's not fair. Like, you know, you shouldn't. it shouldn't just be a, okay, here's your one possession to run a two-minute drill or your one possession to try and get down the field and score, game over. Definitely not in the playoffs. So uh, we will see... Um, teams get opportunities. There will not be a sudden death because one team got the ball, scored a touchdown. You'll score a touchdown, and I, and I believe the new rules are that you'll get another opportunity to um, come back from that. All right, let's go to Nate and Hal, New Jersey, on the fan. What's up, Nate? You got it. Nate? Yeah, I don't keep it All right. <laughs> not too much, man. What do you got for us? So first of all, just kind of thank you for your show, man. Uh, I listen almost every single day. Really appreciate it, what you bring to the table, you know, day in, day out. Just kind of thank you for that. Thank you. Thank just you for want, listening and calling. Yeah, I just wanted to, you know, make a point on the Giants and the Jets. With the Jets, you know, everyone's talking about, you know, the signing, uh, maybe potential signing Garoppolo and uh, Derek Carr. And just Derek Carr, you know, I hear, you know, the talent's there. You see it. So, like, that makes some sort of sense to me, you know, maybe go for Derek Carr, but like with Garoppolo, I'm saying, you see what the Niners are doing with Brock Purdy. I'm saying it's pretty evident that, you know, Garoppolo is pretty much just a product of the Carl Shanahan, you know, uh, you know, uh, and that offense being stacked with weapons and also a defense that gets guys off the field pretty, pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy, right. Exactly. Like Jimmy's 31. Yeah. 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 He'll be he'll be turning thirty two um, next year, and 
And I understand injury prone, not really moving the needle. I understand fans not really being too excited about him. The the 49ers fans weren't excited about him. Yeah, exactly. You know, I just remember last postseason against Dallas. They went into Dallas and, you know, in Green Bay and like those two games. I he just did remember nothing, watching them. But he survived. Garoppolo did absolutely nothing. Absolutely. It was all Debo Samuel, it was all Kyle Shannon, you know, and just like for the Jets fans to be, you know, all going crazy for going after Garoppolo, you know, just like I don't really understand it. He's maybe, you know, a little better than an average quarterback, but he's definitely not going to be the piece, you know, with uh, Robert Sala that's going to turn around the franchise, in my opinion. Yeah, I just think he's just an easy match. 49ers, Ty, Sala, he, he signed a one-year deal. I think it's just easy for people to point to him, but I think the, the Jets got a dream bigger. bigger. Uh, what do you got on the Giants? 100% most of the Giants. You know, I'm a Giants fan. I'm not a Jets fan. So this might come a little weird, but I'm I'm actually, my gut is heavily favoring the Vikings. You know, I'm, I'm talking to, you know, uh, my, uh, my fellow Giants fans on, like, I just feel like they're way too overconfident. You know, at the end of the day, we started off the season seven and two. The second half of the season, we were two, five, and one. I'm seeing what's impressive with that. So obviously, you know, we're a step in the right direction. We got a good coach. We got a good GM. You know, we're definitely in the building process. We're definitely a much better team than we were since the, you know, the, the Ben Mack in the 2016 team. But, uh, it's just like, the Vikings went 13 and four. I'm saying obviously they're not a real 13 and 14. They're not. They're obviously not like these big teams like the Bills, the Chiefs, the Bengals. You know the Niners. They're obviously not one of those teams. But at the end of the day, to win 13 games in the National Football League, like come on, I'm saying that that shows you legit. And just to me, like what about the Giants is legit? I'm saying they had a great first half of the season, seven and two, but they they went two five and one. So yeah, they're a good team, but like. Going into the game in Minnesota when the Vikings won head-to-head, yeah, they scraped that one, but they scraped that win against everybody this season. That's the style. That's the way they win. So, like, why in the world would I be confident as a Giants fan? Obviously, we got a chance. We got a good shot. But, like, why would I put my money on a team that is a solid team against a team that won 13 games in the National Football League? And everyone knows to win 13 games in the National Football League, you know, it's not college. It's not NBA. It's not MLB. You don't just go on streaks. If you go 13 Sundays and you take care of business, you know, that just shows you legit. Just want to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, and thanks for the call, Nate. I'll take it from here. Um, what I'll say is three weeks ago, you went toe-to-toe with that team and almost beat them. Three weeks ago, you didn't have Xavier McKinney. You didn't have Adoree Jackson. Three weeks ago, uh, guys were a little more banged up than they are now. Three weeks ago, you know, it, it was a game where there were a lot of penalties and the Giants still had more yards than them and, and beat them in other stat categories. And you figure if they clean it up and, and limit the mistakes that going into this game, it, it should be pretty even. And I understand the talent, whatever, but uh, you know, I think the confidence comes from all of those things, but there is the reality that this is a team that won 13 games in the NFL. And what I'll say is the Giants and the Vikings play close games and win close games. The Vikings were able to win more of them than the Giants. They already beat the Giants in a close game. The Giants could fall right back into that same trap. Victor is down the Jersey Shore on the fan. What's up, Vic? That's where I'm from. Hey, Keith. Love the show. You're doing a great job, man. Thank you very much, and thank you for joining. Sure. I mean, I was thinking about this Odell thing. Um, you know, what's he got against these cheese boards? I would love to have a cheese board on a plate. <laughs> I, I feel like we get peanuts. You know when you... on, cheese board sounds great. Well, um, he's sitting in American Airlines first class, and sometimes you might look at the menu and 
they might have been offering a cheese board. So, I know it's first class stuff, Keith. I mean, come on. I thought it was hilarious, man. You got to be able to laugh at that stuff. None of us yeah, were there. Yeah, Nobody sure. was harmed. Sure. And I just thought yeah. it was hilarious how you know I, I i come from and i like i come from a culture of like like we used to chop each other up on the bus on the way to school like boy what shoes you got on what do you wear like just roasting each other and it's out of sometimes it's out of out of love and out of fun but there's other times where it's like i can't put my hands on you but if you disrespect me in a certain type of way i'm about to roast you and i got jokes for you and i think that's how odell was once he woke up from his sleep and this guy is probably talking out of the side of his mouth at him, but whatever, you know, whatever. you know, we've all had like, you know, especially when you're traveling, you're not in the, you know, you're not in the most agreeable of moods sometimes. And I think, I think you got a good read on the skate. Yeah. And you know, I don't really care to discuss it too much, but I had to weigh in on I it. Did. All the other hosts did. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'm calling about the giants and I kind of agree with the last caller in that I don't have, I don't have the greatest feel about this about this upcoming game. I think it's partially because I think of that Eli Manning debacle whenever I think of the Minnesota Vikings and the Giants. The big Giants fan here, so I really want them to do well. But you know, thinking about this season, about you know, about this program, and how it's gone from you know being a a clown show organization to being really competitive week in and week out. You know, do do you think the Giants are just playing with playing with house money? Is this just gravy being in the playoffs? And if they get blown no. out, and that doesn't change the narrative, or no, I thought about what I think is is this: it's, it's been a few months now, right? Dable came in, and this program started really in August, September, October, November, December. Here we are in January. They've been listening to him for months. They've been going about their business in the way that this new regime wants for months. To the point where they believe um, tomorrow I'll, I'll get some of the clips together from uh, the media availability. I meant to do that like Saquon talked and the reporters are in the locker room and they're talking about this energy and confidence and vibe that the Giants have, right? At first they were probably like, hey, I don't know, this rebuild might be rough. But when you get through it and you win some games and you end on a high note and you're in the playoffs, now they're believing and they're also looking to history, and the Giants' history is getting in the playoffs like this and shocking the world. So that also gives them a, a little bit more energy. And, you know, there is the reality that this is, you know, a team that is playing at home that won 13 games in the NFL and already beat you. But I think the Giants are just feeling themselves. And for the fans, that's how you should go into the game. Because, you know what, the, the whole house money thing comes after. If you lose after, it's like, ah, whatever. First year of a rebuild, we got to the playoffs, it was fun. And now we were playing with house money, so we go into the offseason thinking about how do we get back to the playoffs next year and how can we improve next year? What players can we add? But I just don't think that it's the type of thing where like you shouldn't be it it, it you shouldn't be like scared of anything because the Giants have gotten this far. And as a fan, you should go in confident because you want to have fun. Thanks for the call, Victor. Just want to get to Mike on Staten Island, my last call for tonight on the fan. Go for it, Mike. Man, Keith, man, you really are popular tonight, man. It's hard to get through to you. That's kind of crazy, right? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm oh, blessed. One hour wait. I mean, I've never, never this long with you, but you know, you're doing your thing, so keep it up. But uh, I got a question on the Knicks. Um, I know you said we lost that on Donovan Mitchell, but I feel like there's another superstar out there that we can potentially get that's kind of, you know, equivalent to Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, he's having a this guy's having a tough time out in Atlanta. I think we should go get some Trey Young. Trey Young. 
What a what a, a heel turn that would be. The the villain uh, fan spit on him. He bowed. He had the the king of Broadway shoes on in the garden. And what if he comes to the garden and starts lighting it up for the Knicks? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, <laughs> him and Brunson. You know him, I mean? him and Brunson. Yeah. You already have your point guard, so he'd play. He'd play yeah, the but, two. Yeah, but you know, Mitchell, Mitchell, Mitchell's a small guard as well. So I mean, what's the difference? You know what I mean? Yeah, you need, you definitely need another up. scorer. You definitely need another guy that can get buckets and take some of the pressure off Jalen Brunson. I'm watching these games, and I feel like Jalen Brunson feels like it's on him. And, like, Julius Randle is all right, but, like, there's, you know, Julius Randle the other night, he had, like, this indecision, then he got fouled, that he missed his foul shot. I'm like, Julius, you, yeah, I'm like, you can't does, crumble he, in these moments. you, you got to be the game. guy. I know, but at the end of every game, he does the same thing. He, like, wants to be the man. He gets the ball. He, he throws it away every time he gets double, triple team. This is it. Yeah, I remember he had that one terrible I, possession where he shot the ball and, like, time ran out or something. He's like, what was that? <laughs> Yeah. Well, I know you think you're the man, but you're not anymore. Jalen Brunson is the man. Clearly, and RJ, but, uh, second in command. Yeah, so what do you think? I mean, last year we were dying to get rid of Randall. Right now he's having a comparable year to two years ago where he was unbelievable. He's your guy. You, much you, you paid him. He's your guy. You you brought him here as a free agent, and you gave him a contract. He's, he's, he's yours. Thanks for the call, Mike. Thanks for all the calls. Thanks for all the input, conversation disagreements whatever it's fine um diversity of opinion it, it drives conversation it's it's healthy conversation and as long as we don't cross the line and disrespect anybody it's all good pump for the five hour show i'll have 7 p.m to 12 a.m later on tonight salicata's next call his show if you were waiting and you couldn't get through to me Sorry about the hour wait, uh, but I appreciate everybody calling up and participating and, you know, helping me get through the show. So call Sal, and uh, I'm sure he's going to be ready to rock, too. Keep Keep McPherson on the fan. That's all I got. The music's going to end. I'm out of here. Sports Radio 101.9 FM. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.